Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com My next guest has always been enthralled by the magic of movies, and from a very young age that is. And so he took the bold step to follow his heart and pursue a dream career of working in the film industry. He quit his banking job, headed for the bright lights of LA where he got his big break and now he's worked on sets of huge blockbuster movies like Deadpool, Fifty Shades Darker, War of the Planet of the Apes and many, many more. His real passion, however, is for writing and he uses all his spare time to write screenplays and in fact, in the last year, he's written three film scripts which are in various stages of production. I'm delighted to be joined by screenwriter Niall Casson who is from Swords. How are you doing, Niall? How are you doing, Sinead? Thanks for having me. It's fantastic to have you. I can't believe that you're like just sitting there in swords <laughs> and I had no idea that you had this amazing, uh, you know, story and kind of career so far in the film industry. But take me back because you very much started out working in a bank. How on earth did you end up working in the film industry? Yeah, um, I, do you know what? Like I always, I always love film. I always loved the, the escape that like film gave me as a kid like whether it be like James Bond or Indiana Jones or, or anything like that and I just I went down a rabbit hole of just film like film was my thing it's what I it's what I oh, oh, everyone like could tell you who played for Manchester United but I tell you who what actor was in what movie and, <laughs> and like this, and this went from like you know it went from like the 90s to the 80s to the 70s to 60s to 50s like I, I couldn't get enough of it and I think that that kind of passion grew um uh, me and my father my brother would uh would watch movies and but I like um, it was everything to me and, and not only like the soundtracks the poster design so it was, it was more than just a superficial like the, I had to know about absolutely everything so um, that uh, that's where it was and so I uh, secondary school and then um, after secondary school I went to Clash of League and uh, studied film production I think it was his first year so it was very basic I think it was kind of finding this feed and then after that like it was Jesus what you do next after college mm-hmm. and I kind of uh, I just you know, you just fall into no. No one gets to live their dream job. No one gets to be uh, an astronaut or a fireman. Like it, m- most people, kind of fall into the, the the job that they have. Like you mm. know, like you know. So um, so I just took it as though like listen, like I tried. I didn't really try. I, I was I was just so lazy. Like you know, you know, you, you sell yourself these lies. I tried. So I got this job in a bank, and you know, you're young, and next thing you know, you're someone's giving you money, and it's pretty easy going. And next thing you know, it's ten years later, and um, I'm. I'm still working in the bank. So literally, so say say one day I was just like, I've had enough. I, I don't know. I, I reached like a breaking point. Not, nothing particular. It's just like, I, I've had enough. I'm going to try uh, write a script. So I 
like on a Word document, I wrote a script that took me, I think it took me like um, 18 months or something like that. But at the end of it, I had a script. And then like what you do with a script. So where the scripts go, they go to LA. So uh, I read in a magazine about this kind of pitch festival where it's like speed dating where you go and you'd like pitch your movie script to this big room of executives. And you kind of like, you pay like $100. And uh, it was... It was a, a great experience. Now, it wasn't the people I was. I wasn't pitching to Steven Spielberg, and, <laughs> and these are people who had like production companies in their in their garage and so on. Like you know, but still, like was this that experience? Yeah. And this yeah. and this like gave me that passion for it that was possible. So I spent I don't know I think I spent a week in LA and I seen the sign and did bits and pieces and I came back to to Dublin and I was like this is it like this is what I want. You took the, the, then the bold risk though because you know you had the the bank job, pensionable job, stable job, money coming in, all of that. The job that you know your mom wants you to have. Yeah. Thing, you know? <laughs> oh, uh, very true. Uh, and you know you decide with zero connections. By the way, I should say uh, in the film industry, do you know what I have a passion for this. I'm going to do it. Like that's huge risk do, 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 at any point did you feel scared or did you just feel do you know what I'm following my, my heart's desire here no do you, do you know what it is like it's like I don't know I was you know like when Cortez whoever went to the, the new world like he, when he got to the beach he burnt his boat so he couldn't go back when you're when you're given like when you're given like you, you have to do it so like I quit my job and there was no like coming back the bank wouldn't give me a sabbatical and I think that that's a good thing like mm. the bank were like no I'm not giving you a sabbatical and I was like well what, what's my options if I fail like like go back to it I, I hate I, I, I hated I hated my job I, I honestly hated it. It would make me, it would make me like a, uh, a cynical, like, you know, pessimistic person. Yeah. And that's like, that's not who I was, or who I thought I was. So I was just like, listen, if, and it was not that case. If I, if I fail, should I try it? It was just like, listen, what, what, what's stopping me? And, and like most of the time, if you want something bad enough, like if you really, if you're willing to sacrifice a pensionable job and like an income and so on, you, you'll, you'll get there. Like, you know what I mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, you had this real passion, fire in the belly kind of thing to succeed. I mean, you tweeted people in the industry. I mean, huge players in the industry, can I just say, like Doug Richardson. He is the writer of Bad Boys and Die Hard movies. Like, if I did that, I'd never get a response. Yeah, it's, it's all about, it's all about like being used to rejection. Like the, the film industry is just like, especially so like, you know, writing, it's all about rejection because you want someone to pay you for your art. You want mm. someone to get to pay you for that. So that's like, it's a mindset as well. So when I, when I finish a script and say I write a script for myself called a spec script and I send it out to people like and say someone comes back and says I hate this script it's the worst thing I've ever written I'm like thank you so much and I'm like to myself I'm like I'm just one step closer to the producer who's going to love it and that's happened before people said like this is not good this is not great and the next email someone uh, emails me back and says this is brilliant and I'll, let's talk let's meet you know what I'm saying so it's, it's, it's about persistence and pa- now again passion as well because you got you got to be you got to be ready to take lots of punches in the face and, and lots of rejections <laughs> and no's and like you know like way people telling you like you're crap and you're this is terrible and you made all these mistakes but like as well as that all these rejections and mistakes and setbacks and like you know everything like that these aren't people think they're like full stops they're just stepping stones like no one no one writes a script no one sits down and writes the godfather and next of all spielberg's like i want to make this here's yeah. here's x amount of money like you know what i way. That, and that's such a really great attitude to have. I love that. It's not setbacks, it's stepping stones. I love that. Um, you did get hired for a Jerry Bruckheimer series, which didn't get picked up, but that was some big break to get. I mean, that was huge, I'd say. Yeah, so after, so uh, 
I left LA and then uh, went back to Ireland. I, I saved for a year. And literally, I, when I saved for a year, I mean, I didn't go out. I didn't socialize with friends. I just sat in my room and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And I got better and better and better. So, but I had no onset experience. Like I didn't, I, I'd never set foot in a step. And I remember I'm, I'm 31, 32. Like I'm no spring chicken, like you're okay. But, uh, you're, still, but you're still younger than me, Niall. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a bit older now. But, but you know, but usually people, when they start off the film career, they're in their twenties, you know, yeah. and kind of work up. But I was just like, and I come from, a, I, I was coming from a very rigid industry, which is like one and one is two. There's no interpretation. There's no creativity in banking. Like, you know, okay. Yeah. Like the, the 1860s is still alive and well in, in the banking <laughs> culture. Like, you know, okay. Like, uh, so it wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, listen, like, what you think we should do here? It was just like follow the rules and that's it. Like, you know. So, um, but I think, I think in a way that made me disciplined as well. Like, I was used to, like, you know, I was, I was used to, uh, uh, like, um, time sensitive and detail orientated. Like, you know, so I was that 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 was. So I could adapt those banking skills too. So. Again, I read in the magazine uh, that like lots of stuff is filmed on. I, like I, to be honest with you, I kind of forest gumped my way to, uh, to Canada because I read in the <laughs> magazine that. somewhere that uh, they um, they make a lot of stuff in in Canada, and I knew I knew. All right, I couldn't get I couldn't get a visa for America because getting a visa like a talent visa to America is extraordinarily yeah. difficult. But Canada offer uh, a working uh, a working holiday where you it's a two year working holiday. I think it's like I don't know, it's like a hundred dollars to apply. And uh, you can go work in Canada, um, pretty much easy, like you know. So I ended up getting that, and um, again, like I, I kind of half knew someone in Vancouver, and I was sleeping on his couch, eating noodles, and I went through like the Craigslist of um, in Vancouver, and there was like a job application for a production production office, and I was like, so I applied for it, and uh, and I ended up getting it, and uh, it was a Jerry Bruckheimer pilot. That um that never was released. Uh, so a pilot is like a it's like a, a test a, yeah. a test show and uh, never got released. And uh, I, I was working at the production office and after I was t- I was telling everyone I was telling all the lads telling my my family like then about two weeks after I got fired because I didn't oh, have a clue no. I didn't have a clue what I was doing because like the film industry anyone that's ever touched been in the film industry or been around it, it's like it's like a different culture it's a different it's a it's a different way of life there's not like you know it's it's there's no there's no sick days there's no yeah. i have to leave early to go to the dentist like it's very any, anything in the media is very like that so um i got fired but uh be, I, I was the first I, I was loving this job i was the first one in the morning at like six in the morning and i didn't leave till like six or seven at night like you know i was in there and and through this like the 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 location manager is just like listen you seem like a really dedicated guy you seem like a good guy i used to be married to an irish woman you can work come work for locations and that's really where things change for me that like locations are so locations are kind of like the dog's body who like the human yeah. traffic cones and we do everything and so with that i kind of fell into a crowd of kind of like expats who are in um in vancouver just because of the way the industry set up there uh non non-citizens can't get unionized or something like that so uh, the production assistants were uh weren't part of the union so most of the production assistants were uh foreign nationals so there was like french italian spanish english australian and we're all, all we're all kind of like still ch- kind of chase the dream for people who don't know what exactly is a production assistant because this is kind of it's more of a fancy way really of saying a dog's body isn't that right yeah so production assistants just like empty the bins move traffic cones <laughs> make sure people don't walk on set make sure like there's water it's it's a like and it's 15 hours a day like five days a week for two years pretty much I was wow. like literally pounding the pavement and this was and listen to be honest with you I would have worked 24 hours a day like some days I'd be going from like the set of Supernatural to 
do Tully. I'd work at the weekends. I'd like, you know, I'd do anything. I, I did costume uh, for a non-union movie. Like anything to get the experience. Because like it's, it's fine sitting in a room and saying, the actor does this and the actor does that. But when you're on set, you understand how things work, the mechanics mm. of set and like, you know, how, how to write more economically. Because listen, there's no point in writing like, there's no point in writing Star Wars because more than likely producer, you're not going to get to the producer's hands who can make that. So it's, it's better if you write like something small and something contained that a producer could make for, I don't know, half a million dollars or a million dollars. Like, or if you write a movie for like a hundred million dollars or a superhero movie, no one's, like no one's gonna get that. No one's no one's gonna no one's gonna even read that. Like you know. Yeah, I know. So what, you have to start small, and like you know, you've mentioned a couple of things. Supernatural was a TV show, by the way, that I absolutely adored as well. And uh, Tully was that the movie with uh, Charlize Theron? Yeah, so that was Fantastic. Charlize Theron. Yeah, because uh, that's uh, just two. You've got like so many that you could name drop. Give us like a, an example of some of the big the big blockbusters that you've worked on. Uh, I worked on um, Power Rangers, the Power Rangers reboot. I worked on Deadpool, Plan the Ace, Fifty Shades. Me and Jamie Dornan, best mates. But um, <laughs> um, there's there's lot there's uh, I I think I've worked on like forty productions. Wow. And again, like when I say work on productions, like sometimes I was on it so a show call, so I was on it from start to finish. Sometimes I was on it for two weeks. Sometimes mm. I was on them for a week. Sometimes I was on them for a month. So I vary. Sometimes you only need so when you're in the studio, you only need like one or two production assistants. But when you're outside, say on location somewhere, you might need twenty or thirty. But because like we're all friends, uh, because I've made all these friends, they'd be like, "No, do you want to work for the next five days on this show?" And like there, there's, I remember I was working on what was, I was working on Colossal. I don't know. Have you seen Colossal with Anne oh, Hathaway? Yes, yes, we have. I, work, yeah. I, I worked on that, and when we were working on Colossal, there was like it was like this intersection in in Vancouver, and there was like four there was like four film sets on the same block, and like and it was just like an amazing scene to see like you know twenty or thirty trailers like they taken over this own block. So I think that and what was the other one? There was like. Um, Patrick Schwarzenegger's movie, something about sunshine or something that was filming there as well. And then another time I, I worked on Van Helsing it was a TV show on sci-fi. Oh, yes, yes. And it was just like at the same time, Skyscraper was filming there with The Rock. Joel, oh. uh, Joel Kidman, uh, Alter Carbon was filming. There was just like these, like, uh, so in the center of Vancouver, there's uh, the general post office. And uh, it, uh, they, they, it was like a sorting office in the right in the center, and they'd moved it and they turned it into a film studio. Amazing. But this this was about I don't know, it's about a hundred times the size of the GPO. Like it's built in the seventies, like massive. But because of the way it was built in these big rooms, it was perfect to convert it to a studio. So there was four or five productions going on there, and like you see the you see Joel Kinnaman, and you see like these people, and like you know walking around, and like this, you're walking from like a, a post apocalyptic future to like vampires running around to like a skyscraper, <laughs> and it's just, like it, it was great. It was great fun, like. Oh, I'd imagine. And like, you know, you've mentioned a couple of things in terms of cool movie moments. And I know you have a, 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 a special kind of, um, I suppose, an affection for working on the, the Planet of the Apes movie because you are a huge Charlton Heston fan. Isn't that right? Yeah, I'm a big Charlton Heston fan. And this just just the history that that movie brings. And like, mm. it's so weird because, listen, I, I like in the grand scope of things. I did very little, but just to be part of like that whole like you know that classic and the like you know that that like you know pop culture like reference that like planet of the apes uh it was a big personally it was a big achievement for me like you know for everyone else like i was just another buddy but um uh, like that that's the thing about like film sets there's some people there are just there to collect the paycheck and don't yeah. get me wrong they love their work and so on but like they, you could be working on like you know uh, anything but like for me working on working on those like movies like you know Deadpool and Planet of the Apes and Power Rangers stuff that I was aware of and to be part yeah. of that you know was yes. a, 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 it was special for me like you know 
Oh, and I, I definitely get that from you. And I know that you're somebody that's very uh, keen to learn from the ground up kind of thing. No job is too small in this great wheel of an industry, I suppose, that, that you have uh, in terms of the film industry. I have to ask you about Jamie, Dame, Jamie Dornan because you mentioned it there. And I know we have a massive uh, Jamie Dornan fan base around this neck of the woods. You did spend time chatting to him. He was dead sound, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he's super nice. I think, like, I think people have this perception that, like, actors are, are like, bananas to an extent. But most of them, like, 99% of them, 99.9% of actors I've ever had an interaction with are, are very run-of-the-mill, normal mm. people. Like, of course they're guarded. But, uh, yeah. of course, when fame comes. But, like, most of them you can have a conversation with and you can have, like, you know... I, re- I remember, like, Rita Ora. Rita Ora, well, this is the, on Fifty Shades of Grey, like, she was, like bumming cigarettes off people like you know chatting away to them like you know there's no there's no like everyone's like super super nice super team but like I remember talking to Jamie Dornan and um, we're talking and like I have an earpiece in so I can hear everything that's happening and um, we're at like you know I don't know the water cooler or something like that and um, I was just like uh how you doing, Jamie? He's like, oh, you're Irish. Like, I knew, I, I knew, knew exactly how I was going. Because you can't go up and say, like, hey, what's the story? What's the crack? I'm Irish. So he was there. I was like, how are you doing today? And he's like, you're Irish. So next time we get talking and, like, I can hear the, the assistant director looking for Jamie and... I'm trying to close down the conversation and Jamie just wants to have to crack and he's like where's the best point to get a, where's the best place to get a Guinness and <laughs> super super nice guy and uh, like and like at the, at the very end like at the very end he's like what's your name I say like, my name's Niall and he's like very nice to meet you Niall I'm Jamie and it's just like yeah I know who you are like, <laughs> but he's just like very humble very down to earth there's no there's no errors and graces like <laughs> my god that's brilliant um so look at when you're not working on set you can be found writing and this is where your real passion lies you are a screenwriter so where did kind of the interest in writing come from for you yeah well well like to be honest how i stand like i'm I'm a full-time screenwriter now like that vancouver Mm. thing like i wouldn't go back to being a production assistant so (laughs) so so writing for me like and do you know what's strange like i think do you know like uh being Irish and being a writer is almost that weight of responsibility from from Oscar Wilde and like you know <laughs> Patrick Kavanagh and like and I never I never pretend to be like anything like them or like you know like I couldn't I couldn't shine their shoes so in a way I was almost almost afraid to write because I I thought like you know would people take me seriously like uh, listen if someone asked me to write like a, a social drama or like you know some kind of heavy drama I probably I, I could do it but it probably wouldn't be any good like like my, my type of writing is like you know it, it's escapism like you know like, yeah. I, I don't want to write about like you know sad things I want to like you know I want people to be able to escape for 90 minutes so writing for me uh, I, only, I only picked up writing uh, literally I say um, about seven years ago and and like I, I was I was never a prolific reader like I, I have terrible I used to have terrible grammar terrible spelling and I, I like you know I, I, and to be honest with you, I always said to myself, oh, sure, I, I can't write because I can't spell or I can't, yeah. my grammar so bad and all. And, and I sold myself short because like it, it takes effort. Like, you know, go away to succeed yeah. in anything. It takes a lot of effort. And I was always like, you know, oh, listen, people who get there are lucky. People who like succeed, mm. good writers are lucky, but it just takes hours and hours uh, uh, at your craft. And to be honest with you, like when I started writing, it, it became so therapeutic. And, and, and like, generally people are just like, I love playing the guitar just by myself, sitting in my bed playing the guitar. Or I love like, you know, painting the thing and like uh, like writing almost gave me an identity and when I started writing I, I, I found out who I was I know it might sound strange and all like how, how what does that mean but like like literally I write screenplays that no one else is going to read just for myself so I could read them and to just just finding that like uh, not that I can be inner peace not that I was like in any sort of tor- turmoil but I was like man this is this is who I am and I, I'm a yeah. writer and, I, and I, never, I never thought of myself as like you know Ulysses or like you know Kauai, or like <laughs> James Joyce like you know Kauai. I never read I never I, I was never a big reader like and still to this day like I'd struggle to like read a book in, in less than three months like you know Kauai. 
<laughs> but you know, writing for screen is very different from a writing. I mean, there's an awful lot of show, don't tell that goes on. Everything has to be succinct in a way to the point, you know, you got to set that scene up straight away, like, you know, exterior, garden, trees blowing. It's weird. You know, you got to get that going on straight it's... away. So it's very different. A hundred percent. Like writing, if people ask me like, what, what's your writing style? And I think people, I think this is the perception that people come in. Cause like, I, I get like, I, I used to give my scripts to my mom and cause she's a big reader and she'd be like, I don't, I, I, I can't read it. I don't understand. Like, you know, the, yeah. there's a different structure and so on. So imagine writing, say if you're, say if you're, if you're writing a book, you can like, you know, you, there's people's internal monologue and like, you know, the, the reader can, or the, the writer can talk to you, but like, if you can't see it on screen, you can't write it in the screenplay. So you can't say the person thinks this or like, you know, they have indigestion, you know, because it, it, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you can, but the actor shows it, but you got to be very careful. So, and as well as that, it's not just that. It's, imagine, this is how I describe writing a screenwriter. Like, you don't, you're not telling the person what they're seeing. You're not telling the, the actor or director or the producer, this is what, this is what you're seeing. You're telling them more, this is what's happening. When you're writing, you want to invoke uh, an emotion or a feeling. Like you don't want to, like you know, you want to, you want you want the you want to like it's like drawing a, a rough outline of a box, and, and you're leaving enough room for the actor, the director, the producer to fill it with what they see. And again, like you can you can do like of course like the stuff I write like is rarely based in Ireland, but I still know what heartbreak is. I still yeah. know what like you know what uh, what fighting with your friend is. And like these are there's a like you know universal themes and emotions that like. The kid in Brazil can get the kid in South Africa can get like the man, the woman in the Philippines understands what I mean. Like you know what I'm going away? Oh, totally. So, so and, once you can tap into that, tapping into it, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, you've got um, uh, not one or two, but three movies ready to go that you've written, and uh, one which that's incredible, by the way. One's called A Song to Kill for. There's another one, Mr. Mayfair, and is it The Spice of Life? Is it? Yeah, the spice of life. So, so they're yeah. filmed. They're done and dusted. Oh, they're, they're done and dusted and all filmed. And everything. Okay. They're done and dusted, and they were meant to come out uh, last year, but because of that, <laughs> the COVID, the COVID, oh, COVID yeah. knocked in the head. But um, but yeah, no, they're they're done and dusted. I wrote them with the the director. I co-wrote them with the director, uh, a man named Philippe Martinez, and he he like, I was working. I was working in um. So I was, I was personal assistant to uh, Scott Bernstein, who was this big producer from LA, produced Straight Out Compton. He was over here producing The Turning with Finn Wolfhound and Mackenzie Davis, who I'd worked with on The Turning. It was, it was gas when I walked into the office and she's there and she's like, I know you. I was like, yeah, I worked in, I worked in Tully. And she's like, oh yeah. So um, we, uh, while I was working, I was his personal assistant. And um, But while I was doing that, I was just sending out emails, sending out emails to different producers, like cold calling them. And um, the movie finished and literally... I said this before. I thought this story before. Literally, I went down to the the social services to to, to sign on, like you know, and I came. I walk back, walk back to Tesco in Swords, and it's like, you know what? I'll I'll get like the meal deal, like trying to start cutting, like you know, trying to start being frugal. And then like I, I get home and I have an email from this chap, uh, Philippe Martinez, and he's like, "Listen, I read your script. I really like it." how would you feel about coming to Italy and we can, I have an idea for a movie and you can come over and write it. And he's like, when can you be here? And I'm just like, I'm in the airport. So, um, and literally he flew me over to Rome and we were staying in this kind of villa out in the, the hills and, 
amazing. And, uh, and you should, you should tell it, like, because I know who Felipe Martinez is. This guy's a major film producer. You know, he was chairman of the board of Ulysses Entertainment. Like, people will know some of the, produ- the films that he's produced. I know a lot of his stuff he's done with, like, Dennis Hopper. Like, uh, there's one as well, The Piano Player. People might know that one. You know, this is a major contact to have, yes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I think people, like, if you can so... Uh, it's like a query email and I've done lots of like call, like when I started off it was like cold emails where I'd email people and say listen I have the script I think you like here it is here they, they don't care if you're in Ireland they don't care they, like as long as it's a good story they, mm. they'll read it as long as you can hook them like they're not going to say oh he's in Ireland I'm, I'm not going to read this I, I don't want anything to do with this like, they, like uh, personally I think like producers and directors when you email them and, and they want to read something, you, you're at 100%. Only you can lose it. Like, if they agree to read something, they, they want to discover the next Matrix. They want to discover the, the next, like, amazing story that no one else has. Like, and every time, and think of it like, but every time you have a spelling mistake or it doesn't make sense or the structure isn't there or, like, you know, it's formatted wrong or anything like that, it's now 75%. It's now yeah. 60%. It's now, so, so you start losing it. But, like, um, and again, like, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot to, like, to send out cold emails and get person that wants to read your script but like over time I've built up a good network that people know I, I'm a, a half decent writer and if I come up with a new script they'll they'll read it and give me their honest opinion and most of the time they're like no this isn't for me or this is mm. this is terrible and then the next guy's like this is amazing Let's yeah talk. so it's and it's and it's about you know as we mentioned it's about kind of you know keeping the hard work going and very much having that belief in yourself so you know you're you're you've got these movies made um what's the story I mean is it very much still kind of just waiting for things to open up like when can we see some of these say on Irish shores or will they go to streaming or what's going to happen because it's all right up I, in the air isn't it I, I think they go to streaming but imagine like I have very little I, I very little say say I sell a screenplay I, I write yeah. for someone like that's me done it's like it's like when a guy sells you a car he doesn't doesn't ring you up and ask you like how, how's the car like you know where are you driving to where are you yeah. going so it's kind of like uh, they'll tell me but I, I very little say in like how okay so I have a quick fire round for you Niall okay for hit me. is that okay yeah, hit- okay do you remember the first movie that you ever saw yeah what is it uh, it was My Little Pony in the cinema in <laughs> Uh, Marino, my uncle Cliff, uh, brought me to it, and he half the Mars bar or a Snickers with me, and my brother Paul. Love it. Uh, movies that made you want to work in the industry. Do you remember the movie, like the definitive one, where you were like, "That's it, I'm going to be like a movie director or involved in movies in some way." Um, I think. Uh, well, that's like kind of falls into my my favorite movie. I think I think Goodfellas oh, uh, yeah. by Martin Scorsese. I just think the way it was all pieced together and the way it was like Goodfellas. It's almost the way it's structured is almost episodic. If you have like you have a bit about Billy Batch, you have a bit about like uh, Ray Liotta in jail, you have a bit about this, you have a bit about that. Like and this the way he weaved it all together with like voiceover, flashbacks, like the music and like all these things you're told not to do. And Martin Scorsese yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, listen, I can do whatever I want to do. And like, I tell you what, I read the book and you know, usually the book is better than the, the movie. Like I read the uh, the book and the book's no way near the movie's no, like, the movie's okay. near, it's near perfect. I think that's the exception, definitely, on, on that kind of rule. Uh, so then, do, brings me to favorite director. Then is it Scorsese, or do you have a, a different favorite? Yeah, I love I love Scorsese. Like I watch, like, and do you know what? I love Scorsese, but like some of his movies, I'm not crazy about some of the the, the maybe the, the the long shots, like Silence and some, some of the other ones. But I, th- I think for me personally, I think my favorite director is a, uh, I think like John Carpenter or like oh, brilliant. Uh, J- James Cameron, Steven Spielberg, people that like push the envelopes of creating. Great ones. Oh, 
perfect. Just literally another two or so questions. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned favourite director. That's great. Uh, so, favourite actor then? Um, and you've worked with, like, many. So Yeah, I, yeah. Again, like, uh, my favourite actor, um, I probably... I like... Uh, I like DiCaprio. I think, he's yeah. re- I think he's really good. I also like Gareth Hudland. Uh, I don't know if you know Oh Gareth yes, Hudland. yeah, on the yeah. road and all the right. Yeah. What did I see him in recently with uh, Carrie Mulligan? Um, oh, Mudlin. Oh, yes, Mudlin. yes. I, I was at the premiere to that in Sundance, and I tell you, I was that was that was cinema to me. It was just like these David Lean kind of like landscape shots. Yes. And do you know what? Like, do you know, I, I'm a big fan of like older, uh, older movies. Like, I, like I love Gregory Peck, Steve McQueen, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, Gareth Hudlin has that presence. Like, he he'd be standing in a doorway, like playing with his hat, and I just be like. His 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 charisma fills the screen, and he's doing nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that. No, that's I totally agree me. with you. Totally yeah. agree with you. Um, but, okay, so movie then that you wish you wrote, and you mentioned a couple. Maybe that might give us a clue. Um, I I read there's a movie called uh, Way to Gone. It's written by Christopher McQuarrie, who did yeah. like the Usual Suspects, and he did like he's doing all the, the Mission Impossible ones, and it's with Ryan Felipe and Benicio del Toro. I know it well. Jay- yeah, it's a yeah. great movie. And I just the the dialogue in that and the way uh, the way it's like it, I love the way it's done and the dialogue is so sharp and so witty and so quick. Um, yeah, I'm also a big fan of uh, Dennis Lehane's um, The Drop with Tom Hardy. Oh, and Jane great Canoffey. movie! Yes, uh, if, fantastic. Yeah, the, the script of that is just like it's it's beautiful. Incredible. The script is beautiful. Um, yeah, I also like Prisoners. That's another great script and another great movie. Is that the um, one with uh, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah do you know what? That's the one I haven't seen yet and it's been on my kind of to-watch list for a while so definitely must dig that one out. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so you... It, it's a dark thriller. It, it, goes, it goes pitch black. But, uh... Oh, does it? Okay, okay. I'll be prepared for that one. Uh, yeah. So finally, you know, you're, you're in the an enviable position, I suppose, that you're working your dream job now. You know, not many people are doing that, but maybe there might be people listening that would love to break into the movie business. What advice would you have for anybody starting out that would love to kind of be in this industry? I, I think I, I think people have this, this perception that it's just this one big giant leap that you write like this amazing script and like you know next thing you know like they're you're being jetted off somewhere but like it's all these like baby steps it's all these inches and millimeters that add up over time and that, that you, you constantly get better like like writing's a craft like you know like it takes i've written for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and no one's ever read it but each time i get that bit better you know what I'm way? Yeah. So like, uh, so I like I'm not telling someone to quit their job and like take the drive, but like do something to work towards it. Like you know what I'm way? Like uh, there's people who broke into the industry in their fifties. Like you know what I'm saying? It's it's never too late. Like you know what I'm saying? Like um yeah, but like as well as that, you gotta love it. Like you have to love it. You can't just be like oh it'd be a nice idea or you'd make loads of money from it because you won't. Like you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's a small, there's a tiny majority, there's a tiny minority of writers who've like are, are multi-millionaires. Like you know what I'm saying? The vast majority of working writers who who write episodes on this or do that you know yeah no and you know i think you've given us such great advice not just there but just throughout the interview just in general it's been such a real pleasure speaking to you about films about your passion for writing i wish you every success going forward thank you so so much for joining me on the show now no thank you Sinead, and thank, thanks for having me and listen any, anyone that really wants to write get into the movie industry it, it's doable i did i did it when i was 32 so go ahead and do it Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.